the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. He's even driving psychiatrists insane. Yeah, have you heard what the former chairman of the psychiatry department at Duke said about President Trump uh, yesterday on CNN? Lumping the mentally ill with Trump is a terrible insult to the mentally ill, and they have enough problems and stigma as it is. The second issue is that calling Trump crazy hides the fact that we're crazy for having elected him, and even crazier for allowing his crazy policies to persist. Trump is as destructive a person in this century as Hitler, Stalin, and Mao were in the last century. He may be responsible for many more million deaths than they were. Okay, so let's start with Stalin. According to historian Timothy D. Snyder and Wikipedia, Stalin was responsible for the deaths of six to nine million people. Most of them he starved to death. Then there's Chairman Mao. He was responsible for 20 to 45 million deaths. Hitler, we know, was responsible for six million Jewish people killed in the Holocaust, and who knows how many more because of World War II. So this psychiatrist went on national TV and said that Donald Trump was their equal. Not sure if he meant he will have been responsible for the same number of deaths as all three combined or for each one separately. Either way, the psychiatrist has serious mental problems. And, of course, Brian Stelter, the host of Reliable Sources, where the insane psychiatrist was considered a reliable source, just sat there and let the psychiatrist say all that without challenging him. Stelter later tweeted that he didn't respond because of technical issues, which sounds a lot like the old I didn't respond because of technical issues excuse. Meanwhile, we're going to do some sports here today. Uh, I think the retirement of Andrew Luck and the reaction to it is a big deal that uh, kind of goes beyond sports. We'll talk to Jerry Brewer. He's the national sports columnist for the Washington Post. He wrote a piece about that. We'll talk to him about that. And uh, coming up after the break, I'm going to talk to a 17-year-old girl who leaves for Switzerland tomorrow to compete against kids from all over the world in a triathlon competition, which I think is pretty cool, and I think it should be recognized. We'll do all that when we come back. Stick around. They blow into town with the wind, rain, and hail. And out-of-town storm chasers going door-to-door, often posing as a local company, offering a quick fix to desperate homeowners. If you've had damage to your roof, windows, siding, or gutters and downspouts, you may be eligible to get them replaced or repaired free of charge. Just be careful who you call. Visit WindowsRUsPittsburgh.com for a free inspection from one of their highly trained appraisers. With over 50 years in home remodeling, Windows R Us is the area's premier exterior replacement company for roofs, siding, gutters and downspouts, doors, and of course windows. If damage isn't your issue and you just want something new, you'll love their no-pressure approach, no hidden fees, and one of the fastest turnaround times in the industry. A company who will never skip town when it comes to honoring their warranty. Visit WindowsRUsPittsburgh.com. Mention STAG for an additional 10% off. Windows R Us, proud sponsor of the Jerk of the Week, heard every Friday on the John Sagerwald Show. WindowsRUsPittsburgh.com. We're talking to Rocky Blyer. He's involved with the Miracle League of Moon Township and the construction of a Miracle League athletic field. The fields are designed to make it possible for kids with special needs to play sports. Every child, no matter what the situation, deserves a chance to be able to play, to compete, and have a place that's safe, takes care of needs, that's organized. This will be the fourth Miracle League field that will be built. Now we've got four places to be able to travel, so it broadens the whole interest of sports. It's just terrific for a community to do that. There's a buddy system I thought was pretty impressive. What's that all about? Kids with special needs have a buddy, a child who's in school. It's like having an older brother or sister involved with you, so it's really good in that everybody has human dignity being able to participate. The website is miraclesinmoon.org. Check it out and let's help make this dream a reality. Hey, Rocky, thanks, and uh, we'll be talking hey. to you again about this project. Appreciate you coming on to talk about it. Thank you for having me. All right, man. Take it, it easy. Thanks. Rocky Blyer. Right. Regenerate me. Regenerate me. Please regenerate me. 
Why suffer with joint pain? Regenerate Me Pittsburgh invites you to come and hear about a new treatment that offers more potential than stem cell therapy. Now open in Bethel Park, their certified medical professionals offer advanced biological therapies, also known as ABT. Come enjoy a weekly catered lunch or dinner event and hear how a full recovery is possible without surgery or drugs. Call 412-927-1222. 412-927-1222. You all have helped build my pillow into the amazing company that it is today, but now Mike Lindell, the inventor and CEO of MyPillow wants to give back to stag fans everywhere. You can get deep discounts on all MyPillow products if you go to MyPillow.com right now and click on the new radio listener specials. Now you can get deep discounts on MyPillows, mattress toppers, bed sheets, and so much more. There's even a great body pillow. Perfect if you happen to be a side sleeper. Regularly $89.99 but with promo code STAG you can get one today for only $29.99. Remember, all MyPillow products come with a 60-day money-back guarantee and a 10-year warranty. It's my MyPillow's way of saying thank you for all your support. Just go to MyPillow.com, click on the new radio listener specials, and get deep discounts on all MyPillow products, including the body pillow, for only $29.99. Enter promo code STAG or call 800-715-8087 for these great radio specials. That's 800-716-8087 or MyPillow.com, promo code STAG. This is Chris Abernethy of Abernethy and Hagerman. You don't want the government deciding what happens to your estate or how much they will take. At Abernethy and Hagerman, estate administration is the heart and soul of our practice. We have the experience to help not only plan, but administer your estate properly to protect your assets, minimize taxes, and ensure that your inheritance gets to the ones you love. Decide for yourself. Abernethy and Hagerman, legal help that lasts a lifetime. Visit a-h.law. This is the John Stackerwalt Show on AM 1250 and FM 92.5. The Answer. Quite a shock over the weekend when Andrew Luck announced his retirement from the NFL. Guys retire all the time, but not too many star quarterbacks do when they're only 29. Actually, I can't think of one who was as good as Luck who did without a doctor telling him he can't play anymore. So this retirement is different, and the people who run the NFL aren't a little worried. Uh, if they are a little worried about this, they should be. Jerry Brewer's national sports columnist, he wrote about it today, and he joins us now. Jerry, thanks for being here. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. So should Andrew Luck's retirement worry the people who run the uh, National Football League? I think any time such a high-profile player calls it quits when he had anywhere from 8 to 12 years left of career, that it should be reason for caution. This is an era of player enlightenment. And while I don't think there's going to be just this horde of players who decide to retire early, uh, Andrew Luck is, is, a, is an earth-shattering decision. And uh, the NFL should take caution and should be more proactive in the way they train their players, the way they help them recover from injury, and most importantly, stop misdiagnosing injuries or playing down injuries uh, so that guys have these long rehabilitation processes because you're trying to rush them back on the field. Yeah, it's interesting you bring that up uh, because there's a story here in Pennsylvania um, about um, Pennsylvania, or Penn State's football coach. Uh, a doctor has sued saying that he was pressured into uh, allowing players to play when he didn't think they were ready uh, by, the, by the football coach. So that, that story just broke today. So that stuff is not just a problem in the NFL. Yeah, it's it's uh, there's this notion of toughness, and uh, you don't need to be 100% grind through it. And, I mean, you know, we, we look at uh, veterans now, you know, uh, veterans of pro football, even of college football, and you see them in their 60s and their 70s and how they're moving, and it really does concern you. And I think it used to be that guys just accepted that's just football. But now I think there is becoming a more enlightened player uh, who decides that there is a better way. And the game, the game needs to take its safety measures seriously and stop just doing things that pacify an audience, like really get serious about safety. Yeah, and uh, this people are shocked by this, but I don't think it's um, I don't think it's any more shocking than Barry Sanders walking away when. 
he was maybe one year away from becoming the all-time leading rusher. He just quit, and uh, it was kind of the same thing, just out of nowhere. Yeah, I think this is something that will happen every so often. It happened in 1966 with Jim Brown. Mm -hmm. Uh, 33 years later, it happens with Barry Sanders in 1999, and here we are 20 years after that. It happens with Andrew Luck. You know, these kind of watershed moments, you know, with – you know, either Hall of Fame track or definite Hall of Fame players, um, that's going to be few and far between. But it it does kind of show you there's a little bit of an evolution. And this is different because it's not involving a running back who gets hit every time he carries the ball. This is a quarterback. And there is this general assumption that of all the positions on the field, the most protected, you know, outside of kicker and punter, who are rarely on the field, um, is the quarterback. And we all figure, hey, they can play as long as Tom Brady has played if they want. But that's not necessarily the case. And when you break down all the things that has happened to Andrew Luck's body over the past four years, it makes a lot more sense that he would do this. In fact, I would say it's the wiser move. Yeah. Uh, I mean, how many guys you know had a lacerated kidney? How do you get that playing football? That's, you know. Yeah, I mean, you know, you, you get some damage in that area. You try to play through it. Uh, I've seen it with football players. I've seen it with, with hockey players as well. Um, and then you think about that that next morning when you wake up and uh, there's blood in your urine. I mean, in any case, that scares someone, but yeah. especially someone who, you know, you feel your side is hurting. And you know that you got hit on that again and again uh, the previous day. Yeah, um, and I, I just the the money that these guys are making now, not just in football but in all sports. Uh, I don't know about you, but uh, what what make what do you think makes them keep coming back, even though money is no longer the uh, shouldn't be anyway, based on the amount of money they make, should not be the, the number one reason they keep playing. I think there is an extraordinary love of the game for these guys. It's also their identity. Uh, most of them, you know, because they were standouts from peewee football until now, uh, people know their exploits on the field before they really understand who they are as people. And it's hard to walk away from that. I think, uh, you know, even uh, Tom Brady, if he quits tomorrow, everybody thinks he's played forever, but he's, what, 42 years old, uh, a young man. Uh, by normal life standards, and you've got an entire life to live. And a lot of guys just don't understand, you know, how to live their life without the structure of football or another sport. Um, you know, I mean, I, I, I keep, I've heard stories again and again about people who felt like they were the most prepared to walk away. They walk away, and then all of a sudden, they find themselves at home on the couch, depressed. And it takes their wife or their mother or father. Uh, to get them to say, look, it's over. You need to move on with the rest of your life. That's incredibly hard for athletes at this world-class level who've dedicated themselves to their game and then have had everything in life tailored to the fact that they got to play and they got to rest and recover and get their sleep. Yeah, we're talking to Jerry Brewer, national sports columnist for the Washington Post. You know, it's uh, it's not interesting you bring that up, too, because I have a uh, something that's always stuck with me and it's not, uh, and I'm I've been around a long time. Uh, a friend of mine, uh, he played Division three football, but he was a high school football star. Uh, he, he was a grade school football star, and he I remember him saying to me that uh, he he was gonna he was never gonna play in the NFL. I remember him saying to me before his um, last his senior season in, in college football, he said, "You know, I don't know what I don't know what it's going to be like to uh, to for the summer to get here and not to have football to prepare for." He was twenty one years old. You know, he had only done yeah. it for fifteen years, not even maybe ten years. And now these guys do it. They've been Oliver Luck's been doing, or Andrew Luck's been doing it for at least twenty years. Yes, and it's everything that they know, and there's they love the grind of it, and it's it's incredibly difficult to venture off into the unknown. And if anyone is prepared for life after football, it's Andrew Luck, a mm-hmm. degree from the School of Engineering in Stanford, and um, 
you know, someone that you talk to, you don't even feel like you're talking to a football player. I mean, he's uh, just this incredibly kind of goofy guy. Uh, it feels like you're talking to a six foot four, two hundred forty pound uh, nerd. You know, mm-hmm. uses yeah. all <laughs> the big words. And yeah, yeah. It just he does. He doesn't have that. You know, I was the man about town uh, bravado that that we think of sort of that all American quarterback. So, uh, and, and when you discuss things with him. Um, just the the things that he can talk about outside of playing the game, it's incredibly impressive. But that said, it's still going to be a process for him. And while I don't think he's going to come back, I do think there will be moments in his mind, especially after he gets healthy, where he wonders, did I make the right decision? Yeah, and guys like him, um, anybody who's played football for a long time, he's never been a fan. He's never been able to sit and watch football. Uh, So this will be the first time in his life where he's going to be sitting in the stands or sitting at home watching it on his 65-inch screen, what he played all his life, and he's going to have a completely different perspective of what's going on out there. And you you have to think it it wouldn't be that hard for him to say, wait a minute, what did I? this looks like fun. I like doing that. I can do better than that. And you wonder if he's going to have second thoughts. The second thoughts are inevitable. Uh, just like there are more players than we realize right now that are wondering, should I give up the game because I'm in pain? But it's, it's the act, right? It's what it takes to be able to say, um, okay, I'm going to listen to that voice or that doubt in my head. That's what kind of differentiates things. And in this case, Andrew Luck listened to the voice in his head that told him he needed to quit. He didn't have any more passion. Uh, I don't think he is the kind of person who, while he will have second thoughts, will listen to the voice and say, go back onto the field. Because I think, for one, uh, he wouldn't want to do that to the Indianapolis Colts. You know, either you're half in, half in, half out. He's an all-in, all-out kind of guy. And then also, I think he is going to enjoy other aspects of life uh, to the point where when those thoughts about football enter his mind, he'll say, oh, but I'm having a good time doing this. What do you say to the people in the media who are calling him a quitter? Uh, I would say, um, you know, why, why don't they think about getting by, behind center <laughs> um, and having, you know, Demarcus Lawrence and Jonathan Allen and, uh, you know, all of these elite defensive ends coming after them, J.J. Uh, Watt, all of those guys coming after him and you're not feel secure in your body and you have doubts in your mind about whether you can do it anymore. You're not going to play one of the, if not the most dangerous sport in the world with doubt like that. And so I understand why he left the game. He gave the game seven years as a pro, uh, had a lacerated kidney, um, you know, had a, a torn labrum in his shoulder that took more than a year for him to come back from. Now he's got this strange injury with his calf, and they're saying it's the ankle and the calf. Uh, you look at all that has happened to his body over the last four years, and let's. And, and a lot of times when when when, um, when guys are are rehabbing, we think, oh, they're just resting. Um, rehab is an incredibly meticulous process. Uh, think about just the torn labrum in his shoulder. Most people have a hard time for the rest of their lives lifting their hand above their head on the side that they tore their labrum. Yep. Uh, he comes back and plays football in a year, um, knowing that he's going to get hit on that shoulder and he's going to land on that shoulder again and again and again. Uh, these guys have an extraordinary tolerance for pain. They're tough. They're not soft. And so for people who want to call him a quitter or for people who want to call him soft, I think you need to reevaluate everything that he has been through and put yourself in his shoes and realize that these are these selfish assumptions that you are making instead of what is reality. It's a very personal decision, and you should respect the man's decision. And then there are the fans who booed him Saturday in Indianapolis. Yeah, I, I didn't make a big deal out of that because, you know, fans will be fans. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was in uh, Toronto. Uh, when fans cheered when Kevin Durant went down, they didn't realize at the time that, uh, that, that he had ruptured his Achilles tendon and would be out. They were just nervous that he was going to change the series around. 
and there's a small percentage in the crowd, you know, less than 10% probably, that was able to make enough noise for it to become an issue. Same thing here. You know, people are at the game, and then someone is, like, nudging you because, like, look at what's blowing up on Twitter. Uh, look at what ESPN is reporting, blah, blah, blah. And they're trying to process it. And, you know, a small percentage of the crowd there, once again, uh, handled it the wrong way. It's embarrassing, but I don't want it to, I don't want it, people to think like, oh, you know, 86% of Indianapolis Colts fans felt that way and right. booed him. Uh, just like, you know, if, if it were in any other city, I don't think, um, a minority should represent the way that we feel about an entire fan base. I think that happens way too often uh, in sports. So, you know, I, I'm, I'm mindful to, you know, in this case, you know, it, it's, it's an easy, uh, it, it's an easy thing to, you know, tower to erect and shoot down. And I chose not to, and really just to focus on the player um, as opposed to the reaction of, what I really feel like is a small, like a really minute um, portion of the Colts fan base and portion of for- sports fans in general. I think more people get it than don't get it, and the people who don't get it just don't have a proper perspective about life. Well, we're talking to Jerry Brewer, national sports columnist for the Washington Post. You know, uh, and I get this uh, from having covered sports for a long time. Um, of all the major sports, football seems to me to be the sport that should be the easiest to walk away from. Um, because to me, after I, I, this kind of hit home with me more after having to cover it. Uh, so much of it is practice and conditioning. And you only get to see how much all that pays off 16 to 20 times a year as opposed to a, a baseball player, hockey player, basketball player. They get to go out and play the game. These guys, there's 349 days of talk and practice and 16 days of actually playing. Yeah. Uh, yeah, the, the, the reward of it. And I think that's something that, you know, uh, Andrew Luck talked about being in this cycle of, you know, injury, rehab, injury, rehab, injury, rehab. Uh, I think a lot of that is what he's talking about is, I'm, you know, I'm going to extraordinary lengths just to get back on the field. And the reward of playing just isn't worth the fact that I spent 200 days trying to come back. Yeah, yeah, and then so uh, you know they must really like actually playing the game, and that goes for football at every level. Uh, high school kids, you know, they got they got kids uh, practicing and uh, year round and, and lifting weights, and you know they get to play ten games, eleven games, twelve games. That's it. That's it. Yeah, and you and you're right. You really do have to love it to put yourself through that. And there is uh, a joy not just about playing in the games, but there's a joy of the process. And you have to be all in to be committed to that process. And you think about all the, all the routes that receivers run trying to get in sync with their quarterback, all the throws, you know, quarterbacks throw year round, yep. all the throws that you're making, you know, in the hot Los Angeles sun in the summertime, uh, just trying to prepare for the season, all the film that you study, mm-hmm. uh, all just, you know, um, the drills that you do on just meticulous movements, you know, whether it be, you know, an offensive lineman and how you, uh, how you push off, um, you know, in order to like get your hands and everything and blocking position and all of that. Um, all these fine details, you know, I mean, that's what playing sports is about. Uh, you know, we tend to ignore a lot of everyone's off season because we can. And, and the great thing about the sports calendar is there's always something going on. But if your life is football, that is your life. Yep. And uh, it's it, the, the games are such a small part of everything that you do. And when you think about these guys and what they remember, uh, you know, outside of their biggest moments, uh, they don't remember the games as much as they remember the day-to-day. Mm-hmm. Hey, I'm out of time, Jerry. I really appreciate it. Uh, Andrew uh, Luck, as Chuck Noll used to say, is going to go on with his life's work. And so will you and I. I appreciate you being on the show. Uh, anytime. My pleasure. Thank you very much. That's Jerry Brewer, national sports columnist for The Washington Post. We'll be right back. With SRN News, I'm Keith Peters in Washington. The U.S. will host the next G7 summit, and President Trump says he may invite Vladimir Putin. Putin was kicked out of the then G8 after Russia annexed Crimea. 
The president wants him back. I think it would be better to have Russia inside the tent than outside the tent. And says he'd certainly invite Putin to next year's summit, though he doesn't know if the Russian leader would show up. That's a pretty tough thing for him. You know, he's a proud person. The president says several leaders agree Putin should be back among those representing the world's industrial powers. But French President Emmanuel Macron says they did not agree on whether to bring back Putin. Sagar Magani, Washington. An Oklahoma judge has found Johnson & Johnson and its subsidiaries helped fuel the state's opioid drug crisis and ordered the consumer products giant to pay $572 million to help address the problem. This is SRN News. When it comes to your pain, many of you might be skeptical, like I was, about ordering Relief Factor. Pat Boone again for this wonderful 100% drug-free supplement designed to help your own body lower or eliminate occasional aches and pains due to aging, exercise, everyday living. I'm not skeptical any longer. The three-week quick start is now discounted to only $19.95. Why don't you let us see if we can get you out of pain, too, at relieffactor.com. You know Labor Day signals the unofficial end of summer, but not the end of your outdoor projects. Lowe's helps you do it right and helps you save with Labor Day deals throughout the store. Shop now and get two bags of Stay Green Potty Mix for $12. And keep your lawn looking neat and trim with a Craftsman 2-Cycle 17-inch gas string trimmer now $20 off at just $119. Whatever's still on your to-do list this Labor Day, do it right for less. Start with Lowe's. Offers valid through 828. Soil offer excludes Alaska and Hawaii, U.S. only. Q Hewitt believes he knows which candidate Trump will face in 2020. My assessment of Kamala Harris, I think, is the right assessment of Kamala Harris. I think she's going to be the nominee. So I'm watching her very, very closely. She knows what her numbers are. She knows what the map is. She can extrapolate the momentum effect of a win in South Carolina and California. And she is going to be the nominee. The Hugh Hewitt Show. Weekday mornings at 6, right before Mike Gallagher at 9 on AM 1250. The Answer. Homeowners love their Pella windows and doors, and we love how happy we made Susan from Sewickley. I just have to tell you, this bay window is absolutely beautiful. I mean, it's fantastic. It really is beautiful. I mean, beautiful. Can we install some happiness for you? Right now, get 50% off installation or 18 months, no payments, no interest. Call for your free consultation. We'll come to you. 888-78-PELLA, PellaPittsburgh.com. Community Bank, City Mission, Number One Cochrane, Highmark Stadium, Peters Township Community Center, Angelo's Restaurant. What do all these businesses have in common? Nello Construction, design and build with one company. Nello Construction, full service construction from the ground up. Renovation, expansion, Nello Construction, the choice for business. See the projects, begin the journey at NelloConstruction.com. If you're worried about market volatility or the possibility of losing money in the next market crash, the time to act is now. Effective financial management involves identifying opportunities. And with a 10-year bull market run, markets around all-time highs, and a highly contested election cycle right around the corner, we have an opportunity now to protect what's important. Don't risk losing a significant portion of your life savings in the next market downturn. Call Hunt & Associates today, 844-366-HUNT. That's 844-366-488. This is Jay Hagerman of Abernathy and Hagerman. Upon your passing, you wouldn't want a judge to decide who raises your children or how your estate gets divided. It is important to review your estate planning documents to ensure they protect what matters most. At Abernathy and Hagerman, we will work with you to establish an estate plan that nominates a guardian for your minor children and that your assets are used for your family's benefit. Judge for yourself. For legal help that lasts a lifetime, visit a-h.law. In traffic, we've got the answer. We're jamming up on the Parkway East outbound from Boulevard of the Allies to Edgewood Swissdale. Pretty typical volume inbound. Now the Parkway West, that's jammed up Roslyn Farms Road up to approaching 60, all because of an earlier crash. Outbound 28, very heavy Veterans Bridge to the Highland Park Bridge. We're right outbound 65, approaching the McKees Rocks Bridge. Some delays on Route 8 outbound from 28 to Butler Street. That's a look at traffic. I'm Jenny Robinson. AM 1250, the answer. Weather. 
Turning out mostly cloudy tonight with a shower too, especially later on tonight, low 64. Tomorrow, mainly cloudy and more humid with a couple of showers, high 78. A couple of showers and a thunderstorm around for tomorrow night, low 65. Then for Wednesday, we'll have clouds giving way to some sunshine and lowering humidity. Highs Wednesday near 80 degrees. With the Iraqi weather forecast, I'm meteorologist Danielle Niddle. The John Steigerwall Show, AM 1250, The Answer. Now, most 17-year-old girls are going to be going to school tomorrow, but not Haley Poe. She's a senior at South Fayette High School, but she's headed for Switzerland tomorrow to compete in a sprint triathlon against kids from all over the world. Her parents own Tandem Connection, a bicycle dealer and bike uh, rental service out in Hendersonville, which is right near South Point in Washington County. Uh, and uh, Haley is here now. Haley, thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. So what is the Sprint Marathon? What's involved in it? Uh, so the Sprint Triathlon is a... Um, I'm sorry, triathlon. I got that wrong already. <laughs> it's okay. Uh, so the Sprint Triathlon involves a half-mile swim, a 20K bike, and a 5K run. Now, um, how do, well, only eight girls in the country qualified. So uh, and you're headed to uh, Switzerland with the USA team. How did you qualify for it? So I competed at the age group nationals last year in 2018 in um, Cleveland, and I placed seventh in my age group, so that's how I qualified for the race. Okay, and what's your age group? Uh, 15 to 19-year-olds. Now, t- I mean, tell me about this event. Um, it's involved, you're, this is, I mean, we've all seen triathlons on TV, and it involves uh, riding on a bike and doing a lot of swimming and then running, and it's all one right after the other. Which comes first? Uh, so the swim is first, um, and then you go to transition, get ready for your bike, you go out on the bike, and as soon as you come back, you transition into the run, and then it's the finish. And uh, how do you train for this? Uh, so for me, I have a little bit of a unique situation because a lot of the kids my age have coaches that they use for triathlon, but um, I sort of practice each um, leg of the triathlon individually. So I swim for my swim club, which is Pittsburgh Elite Aquatics, and then I also swim for my high school team, um, South Bay Varsity Swim Team, and then I compete in cross-country and track with my high school varsity cross-country and track team, and then I train with Team City of Cycling out of North Park. Um, for um, We do like long rides together on the weekends, and I've never really had much um, cycling coaching until this year, and it's really paid off i have to say <laughs> well your parents uh, uh have a, a bike shop there on the montour trail and i see you there all the time so um is that where you do your training right there on the montour trail yeah i do a lot of my running and um trail biking on that trail and then a lot of the times when i want to get out on my tri bike i'll go out onto a paved section of the trail so like the panhandle trail and we also I also do a little bit of road biking, too, with my cycling team. So how did you find out that you were pretty good at this, good enough to think that you could go to Cleveland and, and compete and try to get a spot on a, a national team? <laughs> um, I've always had just a lot of fun doing triathlon. Um, whenever I was seven, my dad signed me up for my first one, which was the South Park Kids Triathlon. And I just went into it trying to have fun. I had my little Barbie bike, and I ended up getting, like, seventh or eighth in the triathlon, but I had a lot of fun, and I knew it was something that I wanted to do again. So the next year came around, and I did the South Park Kids Triathlon again, and then I won it that year. So I realized that, I, hey, I might be good at this, and I have a lot of fun at it, so why don't I keep going? So I've just continued to do more and more each year, and I've never really taken it too seriously because... I have a lot of other sports that I um, put a lot of um, seriousness into, and triathlons have just always been super fun for me, and they're starting to have a lot of um, college triathlon teams, so I think that's really something that I would like to develop into in the future and potentially join an NCAA triathlon squad. Okay, so That's something that I'm looking forward to. You could get a scholarship for that now? Yes, yeah. Oh, nice. started back in... Uh, 2015, it became a emerging sport for women in the NCAA. So you're going to be in, you're leaving for Switzerland tomorrow. How many countries are going to uh, are you going to be competing against? And is is this a team competition that the, the team is trying to win plus individual? Um, yeah, um, it's um, there's not really much team 
scoring that goes into it. Um, it's mostly like individual, but you're there with the entire team, and we have a lot of like team mixers that will be happening, and the Olympic Museum is right there, so we'll have like a time for like everybody from Team USA to go to the Olympic Museum and stuff like that. Um, but there isn't really much of a team competition, at least for this race. But who, how many kids will you be competing against? Do you know that? And from, and from how many countries? Um, in my race particularly, there aren't too many countries represented. Um, I think there's Germany, Switzerland, USA, Canada, Mexico. Um, a lot of the older age groups have more countries represented in them. Um, but overall, I think there's about over 4,000 athletes competing at the event. Now, do you are you able to... Um, confidently feel that you can could win this thing? I mean, uh, based on what you know about the competition and, and what you know about your times? Um, That's hard to say right now because this will be my first triathlon that is draft legal. Um, I've been competing in non-draft legal race, um, triathlon races my entire life, so this will be my first shot at that type of race, and it's pretty much a new ball game, so I'll have to see what happens then. But uh, you're in a group 15 to 19, so you're right in the middle of that at 17. Yeah. So uh, you'll have kids younger than you, but also some some uh, girls older. Yes, yeah. And uh, what's the hardest of the three events? Um, for me, I definitely say it's the cycling portion, um, probably because I've been running and swimming for the longest time with a lot of organized teams and um I've just never really liked cycling as much until now whenever I've seen that I, it's something that I can um, put more work into and get better at. So I think that's definitely the leg that um, I have the most challenge at, but I know I can, if I put the work in, I can get good results out of it. We're talking to Haley Poe. She's a senior at South Fayette High School and uh, headed for Switzerland tomorrow to compete in a sprint triathlon. Uh, against kids from all over the world. So, um, are you nervous? A little bit, but I'm really excited because it's my first time out of the country. Oh, okay. You're gonna you're gonna represent the United States well, I hope. I hope so. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> I mean, not you know, not not just athletically. You're not gonna get in any trouble or anything, are you? Ah, uh, no. Your dad's <laughs> going with you, isn't he? Yes. Yeah. So, uh, and you have to pay for this yourself, or does this? Uh, yes. Wow. Yeah. Um, and so what's next? Uh, after you win here uh, next this week, then where do you go? Um, so that's all for my triathlon schedule um, for the summer. But um, my cross-country team, um, South Fayette uh, Varsity Cross Country, we are looking to do um, really well in the district in the state this year. Um, hopefully defend our Whippeal, um district title and then shoot for a state title, which we're Really excited to try and work for. So. Oh, nice! Yeah, nice. Well, uh, and, but also, I mean, what's next uh, if if you do well over here in this event? Uh, what do you do next? I mean, is there do you go back next year and do it again, or is there, is there a, uh, another competition you want to get into? Um, so this is sort of like the end result, the end goal of like all those races. Um, so if I want to go back to Worlds next year, um, I qualified at this past. Um, national competition so if i want to go to worlds next year i could and it's in edmonton canada oh um yeah so that would be super cool but i'll be starting college so i'll have to see what my college schedule is like <laughs> but but i mean you're you want to keep competing in the in the triathlon because you do it in college too so yes uh but as far as international competition does being in college prevent you from doing that um i think it depends on the coach and their program a lot of them um, really want you to focus on the NCAA portion because that's in the fall. So as soon as um, you head into college, which would be right about this time that Worlds is happening, they'll be gearing up for the NCAA triathlon season. So, and and the uh, um, the the the, the uh, where are the schools where are the good schools that have this uh, like good colleges that they have good programs for this? Yeah, there's quite a few. They're getting a lot more, but um, right now. Arizona State, um, East Tennessee State University, um, North Central College in Illinois. Um, there's Damon in New York. Um, there's Queens University of Charlotte, which has a really good club and NCAA program. Um, a lot of like smaller universities that maybe you haven't heard of before, but they're 
starting to get some more big names in, um, coming up soon. So I'm excited to see what they can pull in. Well, you know, I, I went to a college uh, called Walsh College when I was a kid. And um, when someone, and, and it wasn't very well known, and people would say to me, I'd say, they'd say, where do you go to school? And I'd say, Walsh College. And they'd say, well, I never heard of that. And I would say, well, they never heard of you either. So if you go to <laughs> if you go to one of those schools that not a lot of people heard of, just uh, use that if they say they never heard of it. Hey, uh, oh, uh, yeah. Haley, uh, good luck there tomorrow. I'm glad I got a chance to put you on. I think uh, anybody who gets on a national team and heads across the world to, to compete deserves to get a little bit of pub. You know what I mean? Oh, thank you. So good luck, and uh, we'll see you when you come back. Uh, thank you so much. Okay, that's Haley Poe. She's headed for Switzerland, and we'll be right back. A couple of weeks ago, we had Rocky Blyer here to talk about his work with Miracle League in Moon Township. Fields for athletes with special needs. Jim Leland, the Pirates' former manager, is also involved in that project. Jim, thanks for being here. Great to be here, John. Great to talk to you. Tell me about the Miracle League of Moon Township. It's just a great thing for these kids, and it's a wonderful opportunity for people to participate. Some people are a little less fortunate than others, and I think it's just a great opportunity for people to volunteer and to help out and put a smile on somebody's face. I've seen the field that they put out in Upper St. Clair. It's amazing. Oh, it's unbelievable. The way they construct these things, they have the ramps and everything for the kids. It takes a little stress off the parents. I think it's what Pittsburgh's all about. It's just a great thing. It'll serve Montour, West Allegheny, Moon, Sewickley, Weirton, Steubenville, Beaver County, and surrounding communities. Approximately 100 to 200 children will be eligible to participate, and it'll also serve adults with special needs, so it's a great cause. And if you'd like to see how you can help, maybe donate some money, check it out at miraclesinmoon.org. Miraclesinmoon.org. At the Original Mattress Factory, we don't chase trends. We focus on one thing, quality. We only use the highest quality materials to build our mattresses and box springs, and we put all of our products through the ringer, testing new designs and materials at our test center in Cleveland, Ohio. If a new feature or technology doesn't offer a true benefit, we don't put it in our products. At the Original Mattress Factory, our focus is on what makes a great mattress, not a great markup. Visit OriginalMattress.com to learn more. Sleep impacts your ability to focus, learn, and solve problems. But according to Harvard Medical School, only 11% of American college students are sleeping well. At the Original Mattress Factory, we can't guarantee that your college student won't stay up until 3 a.m. cramming before a big exam. But we can provide a hand-built, high-quality mattress at a factory-direct price when they are finally ready to get some rest. Visit an Original Mattress Factory store near you or go to OriginalMattress.com to learn more. Warning. Property protected by electric fence. Sharks sighted in water. Warnings are truly handy. Bridge out. But you may not always get a warning when it comes to threats to your identity or the personal information on your devices. That's why LifeLock Identity Theft Protection includes Norton Security for even more protection. LifeLock uses proprietary technology to help detect identity threats, like your personal info for sale on the dark web. And Norton Security protects up to five devices from ransomware and other online threats. Plus, if you have a problem, our agents will work to fix it. Of course, no one can prevent all identity theft or cybercrime or monitor all transactions at all businesses, but having someone looking out for you... Warning, Minefield Ahead will help keep you out of danger. Join now and get 10% off your first year. Go to lifelock.com and enter promo code TITTLE. That's promo code TITTLE for 10% off. Lifelock with Norton. More detection, more protection. Imagine doing one thing that gives you an entirely different perspective about your place in the world. Think it would be worth it? Hi, it's Mike Gallagher inviting you to join me for a 10-day Stand with Israel tour through the land of Israel in December of 2019. Come with me to get first-hand insight into Israel's fascinating past and promising future. We'll learn about the geopolitical, economic, and spiritual dynamics of one of the most fascinating places on earth. And you'll share experiences that will change how you view the world. Walk the ancient temple steps touch the western wall sail on the sea of galilee pray on the mount of beatitudes the list goes on return home inspired renewed and empowered if you've ever dreamed of seeing israel this is your chance join me for a life-changing adventure to give you a renewed sense of purpose the 10-day stand with israel tour december 2019 get more details about the trip or sign up now to join mike gallagher and dennis Prager on the stand with israel tour by going to the answer slash israel Warning, listening to this program may expose you to toxic masculinity. 
The John Steigerwald Show on AM 1250, The Answer. Well, speaking of uh, toxic masculinity, we spent quite a bit of time here, uh, I don't know, several months ago, I guess, um, more than once we had people on to talk about this. Um, Up there at Harvard, they decided that fraternities and sororities were not good, especially fraternities. They were a big problem because of, you know, toxic masculinity. But um, And I think it was at Harvard. It might have been Yale. I I, I think it was Harvard, though. Maybe Aaron remembers where they had the the, uh, fraternity had a party and some uh, female students went there. And then they they had a bad time because kids were I don't know guys were being what guys do at drunken guys do at fraternity parties, which is kind of what you should expect if you go to one, I guess. Anyway, they they filed a lawsuit and they they filed a complaint on based on Title IX, I think. And what they wanted to do was not outlaw fraternities. Yeah. Yale. Yale. Okay. So this is Harvard, but anyway, this was at Yale, and at Yale they. They wanted to um, not just get rid of fraternities. <laughs> After they had this terrible experience at the fraternity house, they wanted to force this uh, the fraternity to allow them to join the fraternity where they were so mistreated that they were scandalized and filed a complaint. But this is Harvard, and a judge up there ruled uh, a dismissed a sex discrimination lawsuit against Harvard by single-sex organizations that have been targeted for accepting only men or women, uh, and uh, this is this this was uh, I think I think it's good news. Um, judge ruled that Harvard sanctions on single sex clubs may violate Title IX, so they're they're not allowed to uh, say that they can't do it. And um, it says members of all male clubs would have full access to the subject opportunities on campus, leadership, captaincies, and fellowships, were it not for Harvard's disparate uh, treatment of them based on their club membership. Uh, The policy, this is from according to the judge, the policy also hinders their their ability to raise funds and sustain their membership. What they did was they told uh, the people at Harvard, and I think they did it at Yale too, but they did it at Harvard, um, if if you jo- if you are a member of a single sex organization, I guess a, a fraternity or a sorority, but it was mostly targeted uh, fraternities. That if you did it, if you were a member, you were not able to be uh, eligible for certain fellowships, scholarships, and you couldn't. You actually were not allowed to be the captain of an athletic team if you were a member of a fraternity. Well, the judge said that that's, uh, you can't do that. Um, and it, it, the Independent Women's Forum sa- uh, finds it ironic that the all-female fem- group were dismissed for lack of standing. The reason that these sororities no longer have active chapters, of course, is because of Harvard's policy, said Erin Hawley, senior counsel for its Center for Law and Liberty. She previously warned that Harvard's action against women's groups signaled it could next try to punish students who attend churches that don't allow female clergy. Uh, so uh, I, I'm glad that the uh, the the people who don't want fraternities and sororities to exist got a setback, and I hope that uh, it goes away. Uh, it was unbelievably stupid in the in the first place, but um, fortunately, there's a judge there who actually didn't uh, who went, who didn't go along with it and thinks that uh, the fraternity should be left alone. And you you can't you can't say to someone you're not allowed to be a captain of the of the uh, uh, basketball team because you're in a fraternity. Uh, it's not it's not fair. Shouldn't be able to do it. So one other thing here, speaking of stupidity, um, I don't know if you know it or not, but today is International Dog Day. I'm a dog guy, big time. I have two dogs, two golden retrievers. Uh, they're actually English cream golden retrievers, so they're white. And uh, I, I actually uh, have trained dogs, and I took a, a dog training course several years ago. I at one time owned a company that uh, that uh, serviced people who owned dogs, uh, dog walking and all that stuff. I had a, a 20 women who worked for me and did it for a year or so, and then I sold it. But anyway, uh, I'm a dog guy. So um, I don't know if you knew it or not, but your dog is very bad for the environment. And it's I guess it's, it's not just the poop. The poop is a bad thing. 
because you pick up the poop with plastic bags and and I think this is the well, this one of the stories I saw is from the LA Times and so you can imagine how much how much of their plastic bag problem is a result of poop that's been picked up and then thrown away in a plastic plastic bag but it's also you know it's that meat that the dogs like to eat uh, that's in their dog food and so they're in order to have the meat you have uh cows and then you have cows with their flatulence and the methane gas goes into the uh, atmosphere and we're all going to be of course killed by that so having a dog actually is a bad thing for you um and that it says here that perhaps you're thinking and i do understand this that picking up after your dog is futile a bit like driving a prius to fight climate change or jumping up and down to affect the orbit of the earth even the 62% of dog owners who responsibly collect every last piece of poop, including those left behind, uh, ex- exact a toll on the environment just by having a dog. Plastic bags of poop account for 4% of the municipal waste in San Francisco's landfills, as much as the whole city's disposable diapers. And every ounce of it produces methane, a greenhouse gas, 30% more powerful than carbon dioxide. The city of Chicago's 68 million pounds of annual dog poop creates 102 million cubic feet of unburned methane. So uh, the human race is in big trouble because of dogs. So just remember that. Get rid of your dog. Take him down to the shelter today. And I don't know what they're going to do with them because that's, you know, shelters, that's what they do. They shelter dogs. But uh, you should be ashamed forever. If you own a dog, I own two, and they're kind of big, and they poop a lot. So, um, and I'm 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 really feeling bad about it right now because I I think I'm damaging the planet. So, I'll be sure to I think I'll be sure to look into getting rid of my dogs because this story here actually we were more than there was more than one story about how dogs destroy the environment. You know what? I may go out and get another dog today, maybe like a Great Dane, someone a dog that poops a lot and big just to make the environmentalists mad i'll talk to you tomorrow thanks for being here the john steigerwall show is a production of am 1250 the answer and salem media group three-star general michael j flynn head of the pentagon intelligence agency knew all the government's dirty secrets he was one of the most respected generals in the military flynn knew what the intel world had been up to he understood its funding he ordered the first audit of the use of contractors this set off alarm bells the explosive new documentary flynn deliver the truth whatever the cost and covers the facts behind this scandal flynn told the truth he was the most dangerous person for donald trump to hire i find out the worst enemy that i'm going to face in my life is right here here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never before seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com salemnow.com